Broadcasting live across Edinburgh, throughout Scotland and around the world. This is freshair.org.uk. Love music? We've got your playlist. Love art? We've got your must-sees and your reading list. Love sport? We've got the score, whatever your field. Love to be in the know? We've got news for you. Love radio? Love freshair.org.uk. Interviews with the stars. Hi, this is Nina Nesbitt, and you're listening to Fresh Air. Christina Queens, it's a pleasure. Online and on the TuneIn Radio app. For live listening, playback, and podcast. For whenever. Yes. Cod nights with the best new DJs. Yes, this is good. Get up with breakfast. Get smart with the team shows. Get curious with the niche. Get ready for a showstopper. On freshair.org.uk. This is Edinburgh Student Radio Station. I would listen to this. This is Fresh Air! Yo ho 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 everyone and welcome to this spooky Halloween episode of Pop X Pop. Pop X Pop is the one and only show on Fresh Air that you need to listen to to get all your pop music goodness. But this week we're going to be taking a look at some of the amazing Halloween music since if you're listening to this live this will be broadcast on the 30th of October right before the Halloween that we sadly won't get to celebrate. The song you just heard was Massacre by Kim Petras from her very famous now 
Halloween album Turn Off the Light. It came out as part of the second volume last year. Obviously, volume one came out 1st of October 2018, and then the second volume was repackaged with the first volume to create like the Turn Off the Light album, and they were just like swished together and run through all the way from volume two to volume one. And she has now recently announced that she's got volume three coming out next year. And to tide us over, she has released a new single called Party Till I Die. Actually, it's not even really a single, she's just chucked it on the end of Turn Off The Light. Which is a strange way of doing it, because I thought the original ender, Everybody Dies, was a very, very good ending to that album. But on the show today, we've got some classic, classic Halloween songs, like... Ghostbusters and Thriller, but we've also got some more uh, vaguely Halloween-themed music, including the first appearance on this show of Hatsune Miku, that's right. Um, I've debated for a while whether or not I would ever play Hatsune Miku on the show, but, uh, you know, one of the songs that she has been uh, sort of, like, produced to sing... Um, has a very Halloween spirit to it, and I like it quite a lot. It's called Musuunde Hiraite Rasetsu to Mukuro, and it was composed and written by Hachi. Um, I feel like maybe if you're new to Vocaloid, you might not understand how it works, but basically it is um, a computer software that you can just buy and download. And basically you download different voices, and then you create like the notes sort of like using a piano-esque um, interface and then you write in the syllables you want the voice to sing at that pitch. So basically you can buy Hatsune Miku's voice for yourself and then just like use her, create any kind of song that you want. So I feel like um, some people might think that it's like all the songs like company produced by like some mega corporation somewhere. But no, it's actually a like massive community-driven, uh, community-driven, like thing. So it's like very interesting to see the variety of music that comes out of it. Um, I was first introduced to this song through, um, I think the live album uh, Hatsune Miku Live in Indonesia, which is on Spotify, which has, I would say, like a very good selection of like songs to get you into uh, to get you into like vocaloid music and to get you familiar with a lot of like the most popular ones and if you're more into like say like rhythm games and stuff i would say any of the newer ones have a similar selection of great songs if not more so yeah, without further ado, we've got a lot of music to play today and quite a few long songs as well. So here is Hatsune Miku with Musuunde Hiraite Arasetsu to Mukuro. I'm not 
And that was Hachi with Musounde Hiraite Rasetsu to Mukuro. It's definitely one of my favorites, like Halloween, spooky, demony type songs to listen to this kind of year. And also, like, if you've played the Project Diva games, the any that this song has been in, I'm sure you'll also know how fiendishly difficult it is on the extreme difficulties. Um, I feel like I'm decently good at the games, but even like some of the extreme ones are just like beyond me. I can spend like hours at a time just like grinding out a song trying to get a perfect score. But for the next song, we are staying in Japan and we're going to some Kyori Pamu Pamu, which I think this might be her first appearance on the show. Which is somewhat strange because I was really, really into her back in 2014 and 2015. Uh, but I haven't really kept up with her over the years. And I think this song I'm about to play might be the last uh, the last song that I really like was aware of. But yeah, her... Uh, two of her older albums, Pika Pika Fanagen and... Uh, whichever one uh, Ninja Ray Bang Bang was on, the one before that. I really, really liked, uh, but at a certain point, like Spotify changed the titles of the songs in the album, uh, like the Japanese kanji. So now I have like no idea which song is which, and it makes it very hard for me to like, um, so like find my old favorites again. Um, I remember liking, um, I think it's Kimini no 100%. And I can still find that one because it's got like 100 in the title, so like, well, that must be it. And I think that's probably my favourite uh, Kari Pamu Pamu song, as well as uh, <laughs> Pon Pon Pon. Going way back now. And I still quite like Pon Pon Pon. But what I'm going to play is Crazy Party Night. This is. Uh, it might not sound very like Halloween ish uh, if I'm just listening to it, but the music video kind of um, explains it a bit more. But definitely, it's again one of my favourite Halloween type songs. So I'm very excited to have it on the show for you just now.
Dancing in the dark, taking candy from a baby, just enough to stop my heart. Left the past in your car, reputations won't get far. So let's turn into the creatures that we are. So that was Kyari Pamu Pamu with Crazy Party Night. And then we moved into uh, a new song, or a new artist for the show even. Uh, we had Terror Jr. with Bones. Uh, that song was recommended from a friend who I think has listened to a lot more Terror Jr. than I have. Uh, but I really like it actually. Uh, I think Halloween goes well with a lot of kind of like PC music type people. Because it's kind of like a counter-cultural holiday and a lot of um, like PC music people are counter-cultural in a way. So I really wish it was a longer song because I actually do really like it. So shout out to Ollie of the Bird Gang for recommending that to me. Uh, but next up we've got, you know, like you can, it's hard to speak about uh, Halloween or like Halloween kind of culture without mentioning Thriller by Michael Jackson, so of course we've got that next. Uh, Michael Jackson has been one of my like favourite artists since I was a kid. He was like, uh, like one of the first people that I really remember like buying albums of and really listening to back on my iPod Nano. Um, you know, Michael Jackson got to sit next to acclaimed albums such as the High School Musical soundtrack and the Jonas Brothers, uh, their first two albums. So, if all the accolades given to him by the press and media and stuff weren't enough, um, I'm sure he should be proud of that. But of course, like, Thriller is... I think it still is, like, the biggest selling album of all time. Um, and I might lose some of my, like, music credit here, but I've never actually listened to the album in full, really. I'm just, like... As much as I say I like Michael Jackson, I'm still quite a casual fan and I've only really listened to, like, a lot of the singles and stuff. But, you know, Thriller has influenced music, um, even today. A lot of the stuff on uh, Turn Off The Light by Kim Petras was by Thriller. There's one song in particular where, like, the whole, like, bassline riff is basically copied from Thriller and just, like, played with like different chord notes and stuff. Which uh, I thought was actually, when the album first came out, I was like, that's quite a clever way of sort of like making it sound Halloween-ish by like referencing that rhythm, but also like, you know, making it a new song. Of course she got, you know, Elvira, the mistress of the dark uh, to feature in that song as well, which is basically like, uh, Kim Petras' version of the creepy voice guy that comes in during Thriller. And obviously the music video for Thriller is one of those ones that like gets touted as being like one of the most important ones and like reinvented like the art form and stuff. And a lot of people, uh, my mum used to say that like new Michael Jackson used to be like, it's like movie events, which I'm dubious of just because right now, the way that like uh, the music culture is at the moment, I can't imagine any kind of music video really being that important. But I guess back then it was like a hugely important part of like the promotion for a song and single. 
So yeah, that's been a lot, a lot of uh, things have come from Thuller since its release. So it's definitely worth being played on the show today.
foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no So that was Thriller by Michael Jackson. I'd imagine for a lot of people, it's one of those songs that you immediately think of when it comes to like Halloween time. And I'd imagine it's probably in like every kind of Halloween Spotify playlist that you can find. And next up, we've got a similarly, I guess it's not on the same level of iconicness as Thriller, but the film that it comes from is potentially on that same kind of level. Next up is Oogie Boogie's song um, from The Nightmare Before Christmas. So all the music for that film was written by Danny Elfman, who we've actually got uh, Danny Elfman coming up again later in this show. Um, so stay tuned for this time. He's not actually singing in this song. It's Ken Page that does the voice of Oogie Boogie. And this was one of my favourite parts of the whole movie. Like, partly because of the music. And also, like, the... Like, animation during this part is just amazing. Like, the use of, like, the neon colours and, like, the darkness. It just looks so, so good. I'm not sure if... Obviously, like, during this scene, Oogie Boogie, who is basically just, like, a sack... He's like lit up like neon green and I can't, I'm not sure if they actually made like a green model for him or if it was just like the lights and stuff. I want to say they must have had like two different models because I have no idea how lighting up that set would have been possible. But I do have some vague recollection of watching like a behind the scenes video once and it really was just... Um, the normal um, animatronic that they used. So I'm not sure, I'll have to go and look it up at some point. But definitely, like, the whole... Uh, that whole section of the film is one of my favourites. I think it's very impressive how... Um, I think it's very impressive how Ken Page makes Oogie Boogie feel like such an important part of the film, even though he's only in it for, like, maybe, like... 10 minutes at most probably even less than that to be honest like he appears for like one one or two bars in the opening in this is halloween then he has oogie boogie song which is like three and a half minutes and then like he has like the scenes at the end of the film which maybe amounts to like i don't know another three or five minutes of screen time so, Oogie Boogie is really not a huge part of the film, but it's still such like an iconic image. It's still like one of the like big things that people think of when they think of that film. It's like Jack, Sally, and Oogie Boogie. So, it's very impressive that Ken Page was able to like bring such like a vibrancy to the character with just like like the voice and the animation. And did you like Oogie Boogie's song? and you haven't already listened to this, I would definitely recommend checking out the Rodrigo e Gabriela cover. Um, it was on that Nightmare Revisited album that came out, like, um, years and years ago now, that had all, like, the weird, like, sort of, like, Kerrang-type bands on it. But, like, it's a, a, an acoustic guitar cover from the two of them. And it is honestly amazing what they do with it. If you like the song or you just like amazing guitar playing, definitely check out that cover. But for you right now, we've got the original movie track. This is Oogie Boogie's song. Oogie 
claws, huh? Ooh, I'm really scared. So you're the one everybody's talking about. <laughs> you're joking. You're joking. I can't believe my eyes. You're joking me. You gotta be. This can't be the right guy. He's ancient. He's ugly. I don't know which is worse. I might just split a seam now if I don't die laughing first. Mr. Boogie says there's trouble close at hand. You better pay attention now, cause I'm the boogeyman. And if you aren't shaking, there's something very wrong. Cause this may be the last time you hear the boogie song. And I've nothing much to do I might just cook a special batch Of snake and spider stew And don't you know the one thing That would make it work so nice A roly-poly Santa Claus Dad, a little spice Whoa. 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 Oh. Whoa. Yeah, I'm the Oogie Boogie Man Release me now or you must face the dire consequences The children are expecting me, so please come to your senses. Ah, you're joking! You're joking! I can't believe my ears! Would someone shut this fella up? I'm drowning in my tears! It's funny! I'm laughing! You really are too much! And now, with your permission, I'm going to do my stuff. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> That was Oogie Boogie Song by Ken Page, followed by Spider Dance from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I've never really played any video game music on the show before, really, because it's not exactly what the show is about. I've made some excuses before in the past, I think. I think I played, um, 
Simple and Clean by Hikaru Utada once last year, just because uh, one of the remixes is like uh, kind of like close to hyper pop kind of stuff, and I just I just wanted to play it. It's my show, so I could do whatever I want. Um, yeah, but the music in Undertale is amazing. Uh, massive. Congrats to Toby Fox for composing it all himself. And a lot of it is kind of like Halloween kind of themed, but it's where the dance is the one that I thought would be most appropriate. But next up, you know, completing the trilogy of like iconic Halloween songs. You've got Ghostbusters and... Uh, you know, it was written by Ray Parker Jr., who apparently got, you know, involved in a lawsuit over this song because Huey Lewis in the news, <laughs> like, said that, like, they, they plagiarized it, which I had no idea about. Um, but apparently they got a settlement. And then later on, Huey Lewis in the news, like, broke part of the agreement. So, Ray Parker for that, I think. But, you know, Ghostbusters is it's one of those like 80s like icon films that for some reason has you know way too much sort of like cultural weight for how good the source material actually is in my opinion i think like the like i think the continued success of the franchise is largely based on people's imaginations and the song, to be honest. I think because the song comes around like every year, because it, like, it is a good song actually, like the Ghostbusters theme tune is a very well written piece of music. So I think because like the song comes around every year, it just reminds people that Ghostbusters was a thing. And then there's like just like nostalgia blindness to like how good the film actually is, because it's not a bad film. Um, it is like decently funny. But I think it's very sort of like. I don't think it's aged amazingly well. But you know, it is one of those classic Halloween bops. And I think, I guess, it's one of those ones that Kim Petrus decided to not inspiration from. Because I suppose to like. Um, cheesy or hokey for what you're trying to do on Turn Off the Light. For Volume 3, I would love to see Kim Petrus try and do. A Ghostbuster-style Halloween song. I think that would be very interesting, but I know I just know she's not going to do it because so kind of I don't know. She has quite a serious, probably scary image that she likes to go for with Turn Off the Light, and I don't think Ghostbusters really suited. But you know we can fantasize about Kim Petrus later. Right now, we've got some ghosts to bust.
that was Ghostbusters and then we had TT by Twice and I'm possibly silly bending the rules here because uh, the only really Halloween connection that TT has is the music video uh, where they're all wearing Halloween costumes and it's like set uh, during Halloween. But I feel like there's a lot of uh, music. I think it's not the only song I've played in here that has a tenuous uh, connection to Halloween. So I'm going to let it slide. Uh, because, you know, this is still Pop X Pop and we still need to play, you know, prime pop music. And you don't get much primer than twice. And especially now they've got like their new uh, full length album out, Eyes Wide Open. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. I'm loving it so much. Uh, I did think about playing the, one of the B-sides, Heaven and Hell, because I could also kind of spin that as a Halloween-type song if I wanted to, but I decided to go with TT. Uh, it's like tried, true. It's like classic twice, through and through. I would definitely recommend uh, checking out the album, even if you don't really like twice, because it's very different from other old stuff. So if you haven't been to them before, this might be the thing that... This might be the album for Twice to get their claws into you and to never let go. But next up, we've got our final song. This is possibly my favourite track out of all of these. I love it so much. This is the other Danny Elfman song I was speaking about before. This is from his band Oingo Boingo which he was doing in the 80s and stuff. I haven't listened to a lot of their songs, to be honest. I've listened to the one that I'm going to play, Dead Man's Party, and I think I've listened to Weird Science. But I haven't really checked out a lot of their stuff. And I'm not even sure if Danny Elfman himself uh, thinks fondly of this music nowadays. I clearly remember hearing something that it was like when it's something he was like, kind of ashamed of. But Dead Man's Party, this is such, such a great song. At least this recording of it. There is like the original album version and there's this different version that they did for like a compilation type album. But this is the first version I heard and it's like, you know, the, the horns and the guitar parts are just in, it's got like such a vibrant energy around it and the just like all like the riffs and the lyrics and like the whole like premise of the song I just love it so much and it's one of those things it's like Halloween in a sense but it's not like written for Halloween it just like fits quite well with it so I quite like that it kind of touches on those kind of like horror topics without being sort of like really, really obvious about it, like some of the stuff on Turn of the Light, or like Thriller. But yeah, definitely, definitely another one for guitar players. The riff in this song is so addicting uh, to play once you've learned it. I really, I should, now that I've mentioned uh, Oingo Boingo, and I'm thinking about it, it's like how much I love this song again, I'm definitely going to have to go and check out more of their stuff. So while I go and do that, enjoy this like six minutes of bliss that is Dead Man's Party.
Dead man's party Who could ask for more? 